This is Plant-Based Briefing. We won the Oxford Union Debate, Part 2, by Dr. Silesh Rao at climatehealers.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. This is the Plant-Based Podcast where I search and find a variety of articles related to the myriad of reasons to live vegan, get permission, and share them with you here in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article would have been longer than 10 minutes, so it's a two-parter. I read Part 1 yesterday, so go back and listen to that first, and then come back here for Part 2. And now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. We won the Oxford Union debate, part two, by Dr. Silesh Rao at climatehealers.org. There are two explanations for perhaps the gravest threat ever posed to civilization and all life on Earth, the imminent danger of runaway climate change. One explanation, the one we hear about all the time from our leading climate spokespeople, is the burning of fossil fuels. It is certainly true that the burning of fossil fuels contributes greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, thereby warming the planet. But the other explanation, what I call the cow in the room, is rarely addressed. The human folly of exploiting animals, that is animal agriculture. When these two sources of greenhouse gases are compared in the media, fossil fuel burning is always emphasized and is almost always assigned the greater responsibility for warming the planet. But the opposite is true. When you factor in the potential carbon absorption of the forest land cleared for animal agriculture, you find, with any honest accounting, as I published in a peer-reviewed paper, that animal agriculture is responsible for at least 87% of greenhouse gases on an annual basis. When I made that calculation, I did not include the respiration of farmed animals. I did not include the bottom trawling of the oceans by industrial fishing. I did not include the carbon released by pasture maintenance fires set annually on grazing lands around the world. I did not include the loss of phytoplankton populations and sea forests due to industrial fishing. I did not include those factors mainly because they haven't been reliably assessed due to a futile attempt by the orthodoxy to hide the cow in the room. But it seems clear to me that if we could estimate these factors and include them in the calculation, we would find that animal agriculture is responsible for, wait for it, well over 100% of greenhouse gas emissions into the atmosphere. Now that sounds unbelievable. How could it possibly be responsible for more than 100%? Because the evidence points to the possibility that the Earth will start cooling in a vegan world, even if we continue to conduct all our other activities as we do today. The cessation of animal agriculture will result in healthy oceans, healthy forests, and healthy soils— And if we want to reverse climate change, then we must adopt a strategy that can draw down greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. Healthy oceans and sea forests can do that. Healthy soils and trees can do that. Solar panels and electric cars cannot. Now, I am not a supporter of the fossil fuel industry. Far from it. It is my engineering assessment that we must wean ourselves off fossil fuels gradually— But we burn fossil fuels to heat and cool our homes, to transport ourselves, to manufacture goods, to ship goods. These are all social goods. What social good comes from animal agriculture? Nothing. Only obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, biodiversity destruction, soil depletion, fouling of our waterways, antibiotic resistance, dangerous and dehumanizing work, animal cruelty, climate catastrophe, world hunger— and let's not forget pandemics. Indeed, there is nothing that will not improve when we end the cruelty and folly of exploiting animals. I have just given you the intellectual reasons to go vegan, but lasting change comes not from the head, but from the heart. In that regard, I have made a pinky promise to our granddaughter Kamaya that the world will go largely vegan by 2026, 
which is the year we will have killed almost all the wild animals if we don't change course. Ladies and gentlemen, I am confident that true to your 200-year tradition of rebelling against false orthodoxy, this house will once again break away from the herd, see the cow in the room, and vote for the proposition to help our generation keep this sacred promise for all the children of the world. Thank you for your consideration from the bottom of my heart. You just listened to We Won the Oxford Union Debate, Part 2, by Dr. Silas Rao at climatehealers.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. This is such a brilliant strategy to do the rounds at universities and institutions around the world and do these types of debates, focusing on the grassroots change that we need. We especially need it because the top-down forces, the governments, the industry are so powerful and so wealthy. Listen to episode 684 about CEW's smear campaign against animal protection groups. That's a perfect example of the power and the wealth the animal agriculture industry has. This is a great episode, a great article to share with people who want to understand in a quick format why animal agriculture is devastating to the environment. Reminds me of the famous Howard Lyman quote, you can't call yourself an environmentalist and eat meat, period. I also appreciated the take on the phrase go vegan because I thought of it as a one-time event. Just go vegan and that's all you do. And I like to use the phrase live vegan instead, but I can appreciate how go vegan can be taken as a journey as well because it totally is a journey. I'm sure all of you, like I have, keep learning and growing in my veganism and it's just the best journey ever. Only thing I regret is not doing it sooner. And like Colleen Patrick Goudreau says, it is a joyful journey. Sure, there is trauma when we see what's still going on around us and how our family and friends are still paying for animal abuse. But overall, it's joyful because I am no longer following orders, as Will Tuttle says, to quote all these people. I'm no longer following orders. We were all indoctrinated. We were raised to eat animals. It's not natural to want to hurt others. It's not natural to want to kill animals. If a child sees an adorable, playful piglet or an apple, they would choose to eat the apple and not to hurt the piglet. But they are taught to eat the pig. They're told to, in fact. They're told they have to. They are following orders. We all were raised following orders from thousands and thousands of years ago. Humans used to think it was normal and natural to sacrifice animals. Most of the world doesn't believe that anymore but most of the world still believes it's normal and natural to kill animals to eat them. It's learned behavior. We are following orders from thousands of years of cultural history from our ancestors, but we don't have to do it anymore. Once we've awakened, once our eyes are opened, we now know it is completely unnecessary in this day and age for most of the world to exploit animals for our use. And did you catch where he said that by 2026, we will have killed almost all the wild animals on Earth if we don't change course? With the climate emergency upon us, it is so easy to go vegan and make a difference. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.